Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So how does that then manifest into our next life? Karma drives the world and how our personal world, I should say. So how I am now will determine how I am to the next moment, the next minute, the next, et cetera, et cetera. So including as I pass from death into the afterlife. If you can start now, literally at this moment, working on your karma, becoming less selfish, that falls through into the afterlife, which then can follow through into the rebirth. This is Dr. Amy Robbins, and welcome to Life, Death, and the Space Between podcast. Today, we are talking about the Tibetan Book of the Dead with Morty Levine and Lama Lanang. Uh, but we're actually going to start by talking about how we deal with difficult situations because that's where we are just coming in here and we are using what just happened almost as a lesson here. So we've been on already for almost an hour trying to figure out the technology behind this. And Lama, maybe you can just chime in and share what you just said because we've been, we've had some breakdowns in communication. We've had um, difficulty figuring out links and everything. And you just summed up beautifully what this experience is. So I'll let you you start with that. Uh, yes, uh, uh, thank you. So what I'm saying is um, uh, when weather is beautiful, the good food, uh, good company, and then everything's easy to uh, we live and easy to uh, start anything. But there's some challenges of life. That's just the teachings. It's really as a it's a blessing. A lot of times we always like look as a negative, but actually this teaches us the really who we are. Sometimes this go through then really come out real other person. So, and that means it's, this is really sort of. And this way start means that something's going to be very wonderful thing. I think this conversation people can learn and with it. Uh, so it's nothing is forever, everything's impermanent. And things are changing. And things there's a good and bad is never. So this experience also I think uh, I have fun and I hope you guys uh, enjoy it. <laughs> So, Morty, could you start by explaining to us the Tibetan Book of the Dead and your version that you wrote with the Lama, the Tibetan Book of the Dead for Beginners? Sure. Thank you. So, yeah, the Tibetan Book of the Dead was written by a great master, a great Buddhist master named Guru Rinpoche, 
or another name was Padma Sambhava in the eighth century. And he's also known as the second Buddha. The first Buddha is the Buddha that we all see in statues lived 2,600 years ago. And this gentleman was named, uh, known as the second Buddha. So great, great realized being uh, wrote this book and or wrote the teachings um, and that, but it wasn't, didn't come to the forefront until about the eighth century when another great master discovered those teachings and then started to, of course, spread them. And for many years, it was only taught to very advanced uh, practitioners. So uh, great monks and great realized masters. Uh, and it wasn't until about, oh, I think 100, 100 or so years ago when it was translated into English. And apparently, the tra and I've read it, apparently translation has a number of errors in it. But aside from that, um, so it's not quite correct, good translation. But aside from that, it's very dense teachings that go back hundreds of years, over a thousand years. Um, and unless you have a very deep knowledge of Tibetan Buddhism and have been practicing and studying for quite a while, uh, it really won't make that much sense. But the core of the book is really for great people, great masters who understand the end of life, like Lama Lanang, to be able to lead their students or practitioners through the dying process and through the afterlife so that they can have an auspicious rebirth. So that's kind of the essence of the book. But of course, it's, it's much more than that one sentence. But yeah. Do we have to be in an active dying process to be learning the lessons of this book? And if not, how do we then, where do we begin? How do we begin thinking about these concepts and start applying them to our lives now? So it isn't just when we're actively facing death that we think, okay, now's the time I got to get it together. <laughs> Lama, Lama, would you like to answer that one? Uh, yes, and definitely, uh, and this is a uh, uh, difficult time. So we just a couple of years ago through the COVID nineteen uh, in Corona virus. Uh, so also that's just kind of now for kind of really we need to focus the death and dying for the world, but. Uh, any time, so we always in this world, you know, uh, we sort of, oh, I'm going to retire, and then I'm going to do this, then I'm going to do this, then I'm going to prepare to die. But the truth is, tomorrow comes first, or death comes first. We don't know. So there's the, we need the fight with this warrior. They come in. We don't know when they come in. And we have to prepare now. And when the the army, the warrior arrives, then we try to prepare is a big mess. So exactly the same way we prepare right now. The now is the key to everything. The past is like a dream of last night. Last night you have a dream. When you wake up, good dream, bad dream, it's dream. It's no difference in your past. The, the future is just dreaming. This present moment is the gift we have. So anything we need to focus is very important to start this moment, the present moment. Uh, so you see a birth and death and something natural, but everybody don't want to talk about death. And anybody wants to go through that death. But if we really are learning the death, then death, death is not a death. Death is, can be liberation. If we don't learn the death, then death is a very difficult place we go through ourselves or our family or friends and so on and so on. So it's something like that's the reason so it's we need to start now is key to everything. And and how do we start? I mean, I hear living in the now is one piece of that. And a lot of people say that. You talk in the book of, about karma. Could you explain that concept a little bit more? I think there's maybe a westernized misunderstanding of what karma is and what karma looks like. Um, but how do we, as we are moving towards death, which we all are, whether or not we know when that's going to be, how do we um, begin to prepare 
how do we how do we work on is it work on our karma so that's why uh, the reason is uh, now but we begin to all like a, at least in sort of all I just wanted to start uh, I have to be enjoyed every moment when the moment of the death come I don't want to have regrets so I just don't need the all if I live longer I should enjoy my life and we always are waiting for something so it's very important to do first is enjoying uh, this moment uh, and if you enjoy it every day you enjoy for living then you're peaceful dying like when the moment death comes you're sort of oh I'm enjoying my life I have good life I think I'm dying but I'm happy you see uh, that's a sort of kind of everybody can do that everybody should think this way to really kind of enjoy the was life we have doesn't matter rich or poor doesn't matter man or woman and just really what, what we who is we have to be accept and enjoy but also uh, the death is a sort of if you really learning and the death is as kind of amazing thing uh and to sort of you can die as a really a meditation state you can die uh so also you can liberate yourself and uh, so in couldn't to in tibetan there we say everything is kind of karma connections and that's why we are uh, living uh in this moment so in that's the reason is that we uh, have chance to realize the everything's kind of run by the, this uh, what we see what we hear of this existence of the samsaric world is run by the karma so in the karma is also as uh, there's a bad karma good karma karmas we live in is also we kid in different life towns but also we can begins to read now we work with the karma So we don't have to we can work on our karma in this life to change our karma in this life is that Yes uh yes definitely uh, even though like this I, in your own home today you need to clean things clean do the dishes or an hour you need to wash the laundry do everything then you have tomorrow relaxing day it's like it just you can change it of this physical work exactly same way and the past life karma brings this life and this life what we doing is bring the next life and so that's why is uh, we have uh, there's the chance uh, in our hand that's why in buddha says uh i there's path of liberation uh, but i want to show you the path of liberation but follow or not it's up to you it's uh, nobody really wash our karma or uh, clear our karma uh, we wants to have good karma then we have to start with the work with our mind and then our speech then our actions so those are the karma makers you see uh, like uh, for example speech those lies or harsh speeches or yelling scream arguing gossiping all these uh, uh, karma connections so it's like you see sometimes you say negative words automatically the other person feels bad too because they this kind of speech create negative karmas but it always starts with our mind so that's why uh, begins to want to change then we have advantage to right now just this moment is key to work with our mind speech and body so you're talking about what we think how we act what we say in terms of how that then creates karma in this lifetime and beyond 
Uh, yes, but uh, also we have chance to change, uh, which way we want. Sometimes we say, oh, I want so-and-so. Some people say, I want happiness. I want happy. And one time this guy was talking to me. He said, oh, I want happy. Then I said, okay, wonderful. What is to you as happiness? He said, he don't know. Mm. That's the, our problem, you see. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, so th that's why it's, uh, if you want to happy, then you can, what you make you happy, what kind of place, what things, what's way, you can care this moment, right? And also you want a peace. Exactly, you can start with this moment. The same is good karma. Now I'm thinking, oh, many, like in a Buddhist way, say, many lifetimes in this lifetime. Uh, so I go through all things, but today I realize is the really the driver, uh, driver of my future in my life, uh, next life is the me, my, my mind. So when you realize then, then when you work with your mind, you can have chance to reach enlightenment. In Tibetan, we have called, there's a rainbow body. When person dies, nothing going to left, only fingernails and uh, hairs. And uh, so that's opportunities in our hand. Or you want to just definitely born better lives. And also you want to be better person. You have to start right now. So what gets reborn when we die? I don't know, Morty, Lama, whomever. Sure, sure. Mm -hmm. um, actually, I want to talk very briefly about karma one more time. So right now, for uh, I like a, this example to give people a sense of, well, do I have to wait? As Lama said, can I wait till tomorrow? Yeah, you can wait till tomorrow, but you don't have to, nor should you, because how we are at this very, very moment if I yell at someone, they're likely to yell back at me. I'm likely to continue to yell again mm. or find myself in a yell. So it happens literally right now. We can create our own positive karma and that continues on till the next moment, the next moment, the next minute, the next hour, the next day. So yeah, if you want to wait until assuming you know when you're going to die, it's very, very difficult to change that habit before you die. If you're an angry person and 20 minutes before you die or two days, oh, it's not like all of a sudden you're not going to be angry. You have to create that positive karma or that positive habit. Um, so anyways, yeah. So what gets and reborn? Can, that, can yeah, go I, ahead, I, wanna, I just want to sure. stop you for a second because sure. I had this situation a couple weeks ago where, um, and I, I think this is sort of what you're talking about and I'd like to illuminate it a little bit. I was walking out of a coffee shop with my dog and this woman was standing at the entrance to the coffee shop with her dog and her dog started yapping at my dog and my dog kind of lunged as I opened the door, lunged and barked at her dog. And as, and she pulled her dog away and I walked out and she said to me, I said, I'm so sorry. He, he normally doesn't do that. And she said, normally, Normally, your dog is a menace to society. Okay, I have a yellow lab, first of all. So she's like, your dog is a menace to society. You need to let people know. And she just totally went off on me. And um, in that moment, I part of me wanted to go off on her and be like, my dog's a menace to society. You're standing outside the you know, door waiting there. Your little dog is like looking at my dog, yapping in. And I just walked, I just said... I said, I'm sorry. He didn't mean to hurt. He didn't, he didn't hurt anybody, you know, and I just kept walking and she kind of kept yelling after me. And is it in those little moments that we are creating karma for ourselves? I'm not saying she was creating negative karma. I'm not looking at her. I'm more looking at me and my response to what happened. 
I hope you're enjoying the podcast and video so far. Please consider supporting Life, Death, and the Space Between on my Patreon page at Dr. Amy Robbins. You can donate any amount you feel comfortable with. Also, we are actively looking for sponsors. So if you or someone you know is interested in sponsoring the show, please reach out at DrAmyRobbins.com. I truly appreciate any support you can give. Bumble and Bumble Seaweed's invigorating shower ritual feels like an escape. Start with nutrient-infused shampoo and conditioner. The formula infused with royal sugar kelp, green microalgae, and Pacific sea kelp helps keep your scalp hydrated. Then open your jar of seaweed whipped scalp scrub to add two times more shine to your hair instantly. And before you head out, use seaweed air dry cream to give your hair that effortless beach look. Make your shower feel like an oasis with the Bumble and Bumble Seaweed Collection. Dive in now at bumbleandbumble.com. Yeah, yeah, a, per, a great example. It's every moment, every single moment. We are we have the ability to create positive karma, negative karma. So in that moment, you had a, you had a choice. You could have yelled back at her. Hey, what, it's not my dog. It's your, and you kind of got into that whole thing, you know, um, and someone would have filmed it on YouTube and then you would have been on YouTube, but that would, right. so that's the good news is they didn't catch that. Right. But that right. was one, you, you had that choice and, but instead you chose, Hmm, I'm not going to get into it with her. I'm just going to, I apologize. I'm going to keep walking. And then hopefully you didn't carry it with you and you just kind of breathe through it in case you well, felt clearly I'm still carrying it two weeks later, but I, know, I, I noticed that. <laughs> Well, we're, we should edit that part out of the podcast, okay? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that, that's so. But you, but you made a choice at that moment. Now the next choice you can make is, hey, take a couple of breaths, and then, and when that image comes back into your mind again, you could just kind of don't hold on to it. You're going to have plenty of thoughts like that. You just don't want to hold on to them. Got it. Okay. And those experiences throughout the course of our day, our week, our lives are what creates our karma in this life and also creates our karma moving forward into, into our next existence. Uh, yes, and definitely. But I also want to say something. Um, actually, somebody's yelling. So you see, the issue we have is... Uh, we put is like, oh, he's yelling me. And uh, she yelling me. You see, we have, we say that, but uh, mm. um, actually, in how you take is not up to that person. It's up to you. So what I'm saying is uh, this person yelling. But if you take as oh, this is an opportunity to really learn and uh, patience or compassion. It's a beautiful way you can work with it, that situation. Or it's good to listen in somebody's yelling or talking. It's kind of good to listen. Sometimes we try to run away or avoid, but uh, listens then then you can feel like a sort oh so as the person says something maybe you can oh thank you for the teaching me I have these issues maybe I need some changes you know it's like learning something very you don't want that way learning but that way really you get it nicely as a teacher, as a teachings. And also same time, maybe what this person saying is nothing true. Then is that's the problem. It's nothing is your problem or your dog's problem. It's definitely that person's problem. Then why you want to gauge that? Because you want to book in the somebody's problem or somebody's karma you want to bring in, it's not, you know. And then also third thing is 
in this is a difficult times in the world and these countries like in America you see the always left and right always there's no middle ground is politically big mess this country you know really really difficult times and then also financial times will go through and maybe this person go through very difficult maybe that person really need this no more there's already fire no more gasoline you see mm-hmm. yeah so in this way we this kind of situations I always say kind of enjoy but sometimes people mad <laughs> many <laughs> more one time was somebody's dropped me in the, I was in passenger seat but the, my friend maybe I think is slow that's why the behind the car was so mad and comes next to us and showing me the middle finger <laughs> I, what I do I put my hands together I say thank you and you have a beautiful day thank you <laughs> but then I was like I really feel that person's pain so mm. uh, so what I'm saying is this is kind of moments of the other pe- people's karma catches us and then also we become making the stories and stuck in our head so it's very important to sort of different way gate if we are upset we not hurting that person, hurting ourselves. Mm-hmm. You see, it's like you have a bottle of water, then you put the poison inside this water. You say, okay, I'm going to kill my enemy. And you drink the water. Actually, you're the one die, not mm-hmm. enemy die. Mm-hmm. Person, even though you don't like the person. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. anyway, the karma is just the there's instant karmas like just Mori say, if you say something to the person, they say you back exactly. Then it's like coming back and forth. This is instant karma. Or like I have a friend, he said he was uh, take up animal's eyes, like a frog's eyes, because he was kind of a wild boy, young man. And next day he throw a rock somewhere the hut on the a wall and come back and stuck his eye. He said that that moment he's like, oh wow, yesterday I'm doing this uh, taking the frog's eyes. So now the instant karma happens. So, mm-hmm. so you see, I have endless those kind of stories, but uh, the really it's uh, the karma is uh, the the driver of the universe, the driver of each individual person and the karma is never missed because starts with our own minds mm-hmm. sometimes uh, we we think we do not bear karma but we're sitting in the sofa thinking some bad things actually we get negative karma sometimes mm-hmm. even though we did something maybe like a t- like you sort of your dog barks like you see uh, this lady upset then you're like, oh, wow, my dog needs to drop that person. But actually, that's the moment of that dog's karma and there's some kind of instant karma. It's not full karma of yours. You see? Mm. The karma never misses. And karma is just uh, there's uh, uh, beyond this uh, relative world. So kind of very details and uh, nothing misses. So, so, so Amy, yeah. you know, here's a, here's a good one. For, here's a good something to think about, which is when that thought comes into your mind about that woman, mm-hmm. and it gets you a little a, a little agitated. Um, well, that's you're still grasping onto that. What you could do is you could say, you know, that woman clearly is not happy. Mm-hmm. That woman is clearly upset, and you can so- try to develop some compassion. Mm-hmm. And by doing that. You'll be turning what could be negative karma for you by going back and grasping. I can't believe she said that to positive karma. <clears throat> so negative karma is also something that's very selfish reaction. Positive karma is developed for selfless reaction. So you're turning something negative into something positive. The more you do that, the less likely that thought is going to pop into your mind again. So how does that then manifest into our next life? 
Back to that question I asked before. What what gets reborn when we we die? How do we, yeah, exactly. So why do we start the book with karma? Because as Lama said, karma drives the world and how our personal world, I should say. So how I am now will determine how I am to the next moment, the next minute, et cetera, et cetera. So including as I pass from death into the afterlife. For example, if tonight I watch TV and I watch a horror movie, my dreams probably going to involve a lot of that imagery. Mm-hmm. When I wake up, I'm not going to get a good night's sleep when I wake up. Some of those, some of that feeling might still be there. So that follows through. So when I die, if I die uh, angry at my, and I'm, oh, I can't believe it. My family, they didn't come to see me or whatever's on my mind. Then when my body is gone, my brain, my, you know, it's all gone, it's dead. But that consciousness or that karma, it's another way to say it, that follows through, because I'm tight, that follows through into the afterlife. The same way that a, a horror movie follows through into my dreams. And so if you're now in the afterlife, which is kind of like a dream in some sense, and you're taken up with all that anger, <laughs> then when it's time for rebirth, you're probably not going to have an auspicious rebirth. You're probably not going to be able to choose, and I use that word carefully, who your next family is going to be. So that's really where the Tibetan Book of the Dead for beginners comes in, as well as the original one, which is if you can start now, literally at this moment, working on your karma, becoming less selfish, um, having more compassion, understanding that the world is uh, ephemeral, impermanent, and that carries through next moment, next minute, next day, et cetera, et cetera, all your decisions, your habits of speech, mind, and actions, that follows through into the afterlife, which then can follow through into the rebirth. So you said you how you choose to come back. And then you said, I use that word auspiciously. <laughs> I was hoping you wouldn't say, ask me about that. That's where I have to turn it over to Lama. So, uh, so, so yeah, I'm going to let Lama answer that question. Okay. I'm curious about that because I know in the book you talk about navigating rebirth and that some Buddhists are able to dictate who and how they are reborn and can... Can anybody do that? Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, yes, uh, that's why the Buddha's teachings, as uh, Buddha said himself, doesn't matter the uh, genders. Doesn't matter man, woman, or rich or poor. The matter is the motivation and joyful effort. So anything you wish is you have to start within ourselves. But also in the that case, also you have to look for a great master, like the great guru or lama, and who knows and that lower practices to guide you uh, in through. So, and uh, when I uh, saw uh, in, uh, in this uh, uh, cause, and if you practice this levels of meditation enough, then uh, when you are free from the, our poisons, like become, we are free from ignorance, free from hatred, free from, anger free from uh, 
grasping, free from our pride and jealousy, all these free things that we are free, then even though we can see which way we wanted to born, we have more uh, choices opener in our lives. And that's a karmically we can work. But then also the need through the karmically, there's a shortcut, <laughs> is <a laughs> called poa. And the poa is you can really uh, practice and uh, that's called the transfer moment of death. Uh, in the for the consciousness, so anybody really wants to die, they can just sit and they just do meditating and just do prayer. They can die, and I saw by my eyes uh, many people died that ways. Uh, and uh, today is more completely yeah. physically die and come back, or just uh, physically die. die. You can die just completely. Uh, sort of in uh, my monastery right now, there's, I just talking to somebody in, uh, uh, last year, and he said, it's a miss, and there's the elderly people who dies. They just say, oh, I'm so, I think I see my master, and God, I, I, I feel the death, and that I'm going to die. Please don't disturb me, and uh, don't come. The families just say, and then uh, the couple days they don't come, say please don't come today or tomorrow or something they make like and then when they come they're already dead and sit and meditate <laughs> hmm. and uh, so uh, so like that in the karma we talk about as I just this story comes I wanted to share with you but uh, uh, once in Tibetan there's a true story uh, that's many years ago but there's a thief. Uh, he's always uh, targeting rich people, and like uh, he can want can steal a lot of um, um, money or a lot of expensive things. Like uh, so, then he noticed there's one llama. He has a beautiful house, and also he has artifacts like uh, very antique stuff in his home. And then, uh, then this thief, he was so like, oh, perfect target, this llama. Then the llama was lived by himself in the forest and no neighbors. Then he's like, okay, perfect. Okay, what time is the best time to kill this llama? And the, the thief was, he's watching. The, but this llama, he does the midnight, like a midnight, he does this meditation a couple hours. But at the same time, he used bells and drums, like you doing these prayers. He's like, oh, it's perfect time. You know, there's noise, a lot of noise. I can just come and just kill him. So he did that. And uh, he come. Then he put the knife and cut it, his, this llama's head. The head was fell down and blood has come. Then he was, okay, I come back in the morning early. I'm going to collect the, this uh, uh uh, all this antique art. Then he went away. Morning, very early, when dawn starts in the east, he comes in, and the lama was cooking breakfast. And the thief was just shocked, like he, the lama says, "Oh, hi! I'm just making breakfast. Do you want to join with me?" Oh, there's somebody so early. So okay, he's like. And he's like, oh, I'm making breakfast. So nice to have some company sometimes so we can have nice breakfast. That moment, Tifu was like, say, I am so sorry. I apologize. I really, you know, apologize from my heart. You are a really good Lama because I thought it was just your rich person. But then Lama said, why? What are you talking? He said, oh, you know, I killed the last night to you because... I just see you have these expensive things. The Lama said, oh, that was you. The Lama said, yes, I have this house. I have these things. The what happens is my sponsor, that's a family, rich family, sponsoring, always give me food. And, you know, I'm just doing the retreat. They pay for everything. 
Then the parents die, the children build this big home, and also the parents' artworks they have, collections, they give it to me, say, you, our parents love you so much, Lama, then we want to give it to you. So then his Lama says, that's why I'm keeping them, but if you ask me, say, can you give me? I will happy to give it because nothing's belong to me, even though my body is not belong to me. The Lama says, you can take any time. But then his Lama says, last night, you cut my hair. I thought that was, that was just an illusion and dream. But that's a real. The Lama says, thank you very much because I have, I can see and when one lifetime I was a child, I killed bee and I cut the head of the bee. And that karma was a clearly all, I stole all the karma. Because uh, most of the karma, I finished it through the meditation. There's no, But now you really have me to finish in that karma. Thank you so much. That moment, Lama's head is full. And the thief become very, very scared and what happened to there. And he took all the Lama's artifacts, all these antique things to went to the monastery, gave it to the monastery. The thief was crying, saying, I killed this karma, now I'm scared. I saw it with this Lama. Then he went into the monastery, then he meditated and practiced and good kar- want to work good karma. And all his life, in the end, he was really famous master. I love that story. Thank, thank you. <laughs> so, Amy, I want to answer your question a little bit differently, which is, okay, how do you determine your rebirth? That's the bottom line. I want to make sure I have the right family. I want to make this neighborhood. I want to be reborn as a Buddhist, whatever it is. And um, in the extreme cases, if you look at people like the Dalai Lama and great masters, they actually will leave a letter for their students explaining exactly where they're going to be reborn, the kind of family, et cetera, et cetera. And then when they are reborn, they are found by other monks and their former students and brought back to the monastery so they can learn more and be of service and be of benefit to other sentient beings. So that's in the extreme case where these great beings can actually determine before they die, as they die, where they're going to be reborn. But what about the rest of us? The rest of us, regular people. Mm-hmm. So we don't really have Who that I'm ability. like thinking about like an ant I stepped on and when I'm going to get crushed if this guy ah. cut a, a head off a bee and right. came back so, and ended up being beheaded himself. So you can't, you can't change that, um, what you've done in the past, as we talked about before, but you can change what you do going forward. But how do you, you know, so what you can do now going forward, let's say you did all the, some things Lama mentioned, you meditate, you're less selfish, you, uh, you're less jealous, all these wonderful, wonderful things. Then when you, it is time for rebirth, it's not like you get to pick and choose, hmm, who should I be? There's no thinking, there's no conceptual thought going on, but because you're, so your karma will make that determination. It's kind of like the law of gravity. You throw the ball up in the air, you know, the gravity takes over. You know, really, you finish in the karma, then you have whole vintage and choice. Like, for example, Kambo Miserimboche is one of my teachers. I have some teachings from him. And this young lady coming to this Lama to always bring some offerings and things. And then the, the Lama says, Oh, you are my mother. So, and they give gifts and things. Then uh, but so, you know, in Tibet, and like that means it's sort of uh, like a very good, uh, um, how do you say, like a very polite, like somebody special, like the mother is the special person in our lives, right? Like somebody compares to your mother means something very uh, special, not in America, you can't say that, they're very mad <laughs> if you say that. But uh, so what happens is, um then Islama passed away and he born in that that young lady. And he was saying, said, okay, I'm choosing you as a mother, but and she was thinking, okay, like oh, you kind like mother, right? Uh she thinking, but actually he means like, okay, I'm choosing you a mother, I'm coming back to you. 
<laughs> and then he born and right now is a young uh, young lama and uh, her son. And so when when we are reborn, it is our consciousness, our soul that comes back. Is there still an expression? Maybe that's not the way I want to ask it. How do how does one know when you come back that they go and they the Dalai Lama writes this letter, they go find the person who's now in a human body again? How do they know that that is actually the soul of the previous Lama or Dalai Lama? Or- uh, there's a many, actually, there's a many children that rem- uh, re- remember their past lives. You notice there's uh, so many of their many books, many, even though uh, YouTube videos, uh, where so there's uh, six children talk about past lives, very beautiful. Actually, I have that at the, at the video. So what I'm saying is, uh, uh, yes, uh, in general, ordinary people, we don't look for it. Uh, sometimes in Tibet, we do look for it. Sometimes they want to know where their parents are born. You see, they wanted to know, but most not. But the high lamas, they're always going to, uh, like uh, another high lamas and astrologers, and they all like kind of ask them to they decide. Some special lamas they can see and they can uh, recognize somebody. It's easy. Like uh, then, like Dalai Lama's case, also they say, okay, this uh, in area, this kind of family, and also in even though some lamas went to there's a special lake. They did a fire ceremony and they did uh, some prayer to the blessing the lake. Then this map rise and then the the shows of the where he is Dalai Lama was born and what's the father's name, mother's name, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, what's kind of even though they have a dog and everything this is, and that's the way uh, happens and uh, and uh, like Dalai Lama's case, but many. High Lamas, uh, same way they recognize, say, okay, so and so in Godis East or sometimes say South, their son village, this family, house doors towards South or West, their house color, they have animal, and that's the way they recognize. And then so also, more, oh. when you arrive there, you take a curious uh, Lamas, three symbols belong to him. And mixed with many things, then put in child. The child, what they pick up, they look. The child picks, oh, this is mine. Sometimes say, this is mine. Or child is so small, they can't really talk. They just grab one one thing, can let go. And uh, so it's just, uh, then you can see, it's like a, then one guy, there's a long story, but I just made two words. So he lost his best friend. Then he keeping the his prayer beads like for for. Then he have child. The child when start talking, then say this mind, this mind. He hold it all the time. So, yeah, in those cases, like the Dalai Lama and great and great masters, they go through a test. So they're showed ten, fifteen different objects. You know, if the master has a bell, they'll show three different bells. Master has beads. They'll show three or four different sets of beads, mm-hmm. and the little boy or little girl have to get it correct. Or and plenty of times the boy doesn't, and he's not the right person. Mm-hmm. But for other people, like they're not great masters, there are now documented. I think over three thousand cases. University of Virginia mm-hmm. uh, has a large department of scientists and doctors, mm-hmm. where children come and they say, "Hey, I remember my past lives," and they'll interview them, do research. Mm-hmm. Is there any way that boy could have known where that street was in France in in 1742? No. Right. (laughs) You know, is it how could that person, you know, and they'll go through that very, very strict research to determine, um, yeah, is what this four-year-old is saying about his or her past life. And if they couldn't have known that, so that's how we know today. Could you, Morty, give us a quick, if there is a quick um, overview of the Bardot's? 
<laughs> is, it, is, there, is it a way to do you, it quickly? You, you always give me the hard questions. I'm, <laughs> I'm here for the easy questions. Lama is here for the hard questions. So, uh, you know, the way to look at it, whether you, let's say you, you have a great Lama that can lead you, your consciousness through those few weeks in the Bardo, wonderful. But if you don't have a great Lama, you can still do some of these practices yourself. And that's what we talk about in this book, which is how to change your karma, not a week before you die, but right now. And as you accumulate those good habits and you rid yourself of jealousy and anger and irritation, annoyance, and all these um, uh, negative states of mind, then when you're in the bardo, you're not going to be distracted by all of these reflections of your mind that come out. It's just like a dream, a dream state. If you recognize when you're dreaming at night that you're dreaming, then you don't get worked up about it. You don't get distracted by it. If you don't recognize that you're dreaming, then you wake up and, oh, it's a nightmare. Oh my God. And he did this to me. So when you recognize that you're in the bardo and you don't get distracted and you're free from that negative karma, then when it's time to go into uh, uh, the next life, the high likelihood is that you'll be um, drawn into a family or a woman or a husband and wife where it is, uh, you know, we'll call it an auspicious rebirth. I have another I'll give you an analogy. I know yeah. you have trouble believing this. So I'll give you an analogy. Okay. No analogy is perfect. And it's the first time I've given it. So be careful. Okay. Uh, okay. Let's say I'm, I'm 16 years, 18 years old. And I want to go to a party and I want to meet a woman could be a meeting a man, but I want to meet a woman. If I go into that party, there's a lot of women there, but I go into that, I'm angry, I'm annoyed, I'm irritated. Well, I'm not necessarily going to make the right choices, the right decisions. People may not be attracted to me. Mm -hmm. But if I go into that party and I'm happy and I'm joyful and I'm compassionate and I'm loving and I feel good about myself because I've been doing that all my you know, life, mm -hmm. when I walk into that party, I will attract and be attracted to a much happier person. Right. Can I ask you one more question, a little bit personal, because we spoke a little bit before? How, how does the son of a rabbi end up a Buddhist believing in the afterlife? When I was in my teens and I had no interest in Judaism, and I went to yeshiva, no interest whatsoever. But it turns out my father had a very, very strong interest in death and dying and mourning. And he actually did one of his PhDs in it. I had no idea about any of this. Mm. And yet here I am very interested in the topic. Obviously, that's how I was, I found and how I was drawn to Lama Lanang. So obviously I had a little bit of a spiritual aspect, a spiritual upbringing, but I also have a very, as we talked earlier before the show, very strong interest in math, science, finance, things like that. But when I watched all of these and read all these books about near-death experiences that people had that are so difficult to explain and about all these thousands of children that are reborn, I couldn't ignore that. I just couldn't ignore that. And I felt very uh, – so anyway, so I was very drawn to it. It's not a logical answer. But once I was watching that, it was just so, for me, something very, very obvious mm -hmm. and, and natural. So I didn't even, you know, it's not like I, it's not like I had a way of scale. Gee, should I believe in this or not? I don't know. What do you think? Well, maybe it wasn't like that. Once I started seeing and learning about it, I was like, oh, I, it was almost like I came home, that kind of feeling. And then, and then would you say, just to kind of bring this full circle and, and help make sense of it, that part of your karma and your parents' karma was perhaps working together through this piece of you not feeling like you belonged in this family and you move and them accepting you and you accepting them. I mean, is that kind of how this all plays itself out? Sim very simplified, think, obviously. Sure. I don't think it's a logical thing. The way you describe it sounds very logical, mm -hmm. um, but that didn't, didn't really work that way. So um, I think as I, as I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, I hadn't really been in touch with my family for quite some time as I was practicing Buddhism for the last 40 years or so. Um, but when my mother was dying, um, I came back, of course, immediately. And and she asked me to teach her how to meditate. And this is a religious, orthodox, conservative Jew who was meditating. <laughs> Interesting. 
Okay. And and then how it how it all shows up for us is what we have to be conscious to, I guess, right? If you were so preoccupied perhaps with I'm just supposing here, like your relationship with your parents being so difficult and them maybe not speaking to you because of this and you being very distraught by that, then you might not have been open to finding a teacher who could help move you forward in the space in which you were looking to continue to learn and grow. I love the logic. That's great logic. <laughs> it didn't quite it didn't quite happen like that. I like but, trying but, to but, I like trying to distill but, things down for people. Right. You like yeah. <laughs> so to distill things down is when the dog and the lady with the other dog starts screaming, yelling at you, you have a wonderful opportunity to practice compassion for that person and, and maybe even love and not let it, not think about it. Three seconds later, you move on. Now that's great in saying, in saying that, but we have to practice that and practice is where it comes in. So we could say, Hey, stop being angry. (laughs) Good luck with that. But when you practice meditation and you practice all of these, it's not just about Buddhism, this is any religion. You know, when you practice love and compassion real time, when you're out and about and you're in the coffee shop in the supermarket and someone's treating you poorly, that's an opportunity to practice, to retrain your mind so that you don't, um, so you don't create negative karma. Mm-hmm. And I love- So you don't drink it, your own poison. Right. And in the, in the back- in the back of the book, I think you say, um, how we live is how we will die. And I think this is so important. I interviewed Rabbi Steve Leader. I don't know if you're familiar with him. And we talked about the same, the same concept. Can you, as we get ready to close this out, either Lama or Morty, just, just speak to that. How we live is how we will die. And so what does that mean now in this moment? Uh, um, means um, in definitely you see um, and uh, the how we live is uh, not just about your house or body or things. It is about the mind. You know, how we, our mind live in every moment. In that moment is we're going to die and uh, so and that's why i earlier say it's very important to you enjoy for uh, enjoy every moment and then you have peaceful way die because you automatically disjoy but uh, in uh, what i'm saying is uh, how you work with your mind your mind is the real process of the death and uh, so the death is uh, such something's a beautiful thing. It's not something uh, everybody sort of don't want to hear, don't want to talk about. But uh, you see, we all have a birth in death. The birth is, uh, you see, we go through, the mother go through so much. Sometimes even though almost die. And child almost died because goods to push out and unconscious sometimes. But families say, oh, congratulations, oh, I'm happy for you, so it's so, all right. Uh, and, uh, <clears throat> but when dying, everybody crying, upset, sad. But the death is in the birth is, is actually death is more uh, peaceful, what I'm saying. So what I'm saying is in, in this moment, you start creating the peace and loving kindness in your heart. And that transforms, this moment transforms this day. This day transforms this month, month transforms the year, year transforms your entire life. Then there's no such a thing, a death to afraid because it's natural processing. And even though death is, if you really study death, death is become liberation. But that means you have to start right now. That's why I'm saying, and how you live it, and that way you're dying. It's exactly, it's a talk about your mind. Well, thank you both so much for your time today. The book is the Tibetan book. 
of the dead. For beginners, this this is like the Cliff's Notes version. It's simple. <laughs> you can get through it quite quickly, which I'm always grateful for because I read my books. Um, and it's just a great little handbook in terms of how you are. If you're if you're afraid of how you're going to die, then you're probably afraid of how you're living. So this is a great book to use as a tool to really help you in your life, not just not just as you die. So thank you both so much for your time and patience today and figuring out all the technology and everything. I was actually, Morty, when we started and Morty was walking through Lama and his wife, was it your wife? that yes. His wife. And he was just, I wish I had recorded the tone and the pay. I was literally thinking in my mind, he is so incredibly patient right now. It's like, there's no rush. There's nothing else to do. I just need to make this happen. And I was like, I need to internalize a little bit of this in my in my life, in my day. So thank you both so much for your time, for your knowledge, for your wisdom, and for this great book that makes it easy for those of us who are afraid of the big the big one to just dig into some of these concepts. So thank you both. Thank you, Amy. Like what you heard today and want to hear more? Wondering what comes next and what it all means? Head over to Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts and hit subscribe. Also, if you could take a minute to rate and review my podcast, I would really appreciate it. Stay tuned as we continue to explore life, death, and the space between. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.